Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for your anointing. Father, I yield, I surrender to your word. Move, Father God, according to your word. Father, I pray the manifestation of your spirit resting upon me, O God. I am your vessel. Use me, O God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God is moving. Something happens with every word that you believe and receive from God. Amen. Something happens with every word that you believe and receive from God. Amen. Things are set in motion in your life with every word you receive from God. God is moving in your life according to the word that he's speaking to you. God is moving in your life. And, and, and right now, what you ought to be willing to say in your, in your, out of your own mouth is that God is moving in my life. Amen. Then say this, say, I yield to the authority of the word of God in my life. Amen. See, we, we just have to cry out from the inside, Lord, have your way. And what we don't understand is that we're praying, we're going through all of these things that we're going through, but we will not allow the word of God to have his way in our lives. Amen. See, we, we, we have forgotten our connection to the kingdom. Without the word, without the gospel being preached and spoken into your life, there is no kingdom movement in the earth. You have to understand that. You can't talk to God in a way to where if you're just going to somebody's house and sitting in their living room. You are connected to heaven by the word, the gospel preached, the good news, the living word. And he sent his word and healed them. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. It is by the word of God. You don't have to be in any special person's presence. Amen. You don't have to be in any fabulous buildings. But if you could just receive the word of God, wherever you are, the kingdom begins to set things in motion in your life according to the word that God is speaking to you. Can you receive that this morning? In order to receive more, you've got to yield more. That's why he tells us in his word, it's better to give than to receive. That's why he says that. I know it seems crazy to us to say, well, Lord, if we give, 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 and give, then we're not going to have anything left in ourselves. But what God is saying, it's better to give, give up of yourself so that I can fill you and have more. I need more room in you than what you're giving me. Can y'all hear what I'm saying? God wants to take up more space in your life. We got to make room for God. It, that's why he's saying it's better to give than to receive. See, in order to receive more, you've got to yield more, and you've got to walk in agreement with his word through every situation. Walking in agreement with the word of God through every situation. Am I talking to anybody yet? Amen. See, now, if, if you can't get with me on this, listen to the podcast, because I really want to, I, I want to just burn this in your spirit. So because the body of Christ, it's like we're moving away from a hungering and a thirsting for the word of God. We, we want, in other words, we want uh, greens and cabbage and tomatoes without planting anything. I mean, as long as the earth remains, there's going to be seed time, harvest time. You cannot go against, you cannot turn the order around to fit your suitable, your, your suitable desires. The way you think things ought to work. You can't change that. 
I don't care how you feel and how you vote, right is right and wrong is still wrong, no matter how many people vote that wrong is right. Wrong will always be wrong. Amen. You can't just get midstream and change this. It is the way God moves. It's the way he moves. Have you ever prayed and asked God? And I, and I told you this, asked you this last week. Have you ever prayed and asked God for something and it seemed as though God did nothing because what he did was he said something concerning your issue? Some people don't think God is doing anything about their issue because God is saying something concerning their issue. <laughs> so they walk away thinking that he hasn't said it, he hasn't done anything because he said something. Amen. But, but you find out later that God was moving in the situation all the time according to what he was saying. According to the power and the authority of the word that he was speaking to you concerning what you were desiring or needing or, or, or needing in your life at the moment. He speaks the word to it. He gives you the seed for it. Because see, if it's not rooted and grounded anyway, it can't live. Everything has to have roots to live in this region, in, in this realm. It has to be rooted and grounded. Roots are the necessary veins for life. You cannot receive anything from God unless you are in Christ. Is that the truth? How are you going to just bypass Jesus and go to God? That's not God's order. You need Jesus. You need a word. You're not going to know what to do. You can go into natural atmospheres and you have not studied those atmospheres and don't know what to do in those atmospheres. You're going to stick out because you don't know what to do. You're going to violate some laws and get carried out because you don't know what to do. Am I right? See, you've got to, we've been talking about applying the biblical principles of prayer, corporate prayer, prayer and fasting. Now what we have to do is understand to apply those truths and those principles, we still have to incorporate, and it all comes from the word of God. Even in our prayer life, we've got to stay focused on the word of God, the truth of God's word, what God is speaking, and our ability to receive it and obey it. You can't just pray and get up and live a disobedient, rebellious life and think that because you pray, everything is going to change. You're not walking in agreement with what you've been praying for. Your prayer life is based on the word of God. What you should pray for comes, your desire to even pray and the things to pray for comes from the word of God. Your prayer life is birthed in you because of the word you read. When you read the word, he sets the atmosphere for how things ought to be in your life. And whenever you live in the natural and see those things out of order, that gives you reason to pray. Some people are not praying because they're satisfied, covered up in mess and don't know the difference. If you uncover them there, you, and see all of that mess, they will pull the covers back on them because they're comfortable in mess. Like maggots. You ever, you ever lifted up something and seen how they are just all under there, all closed up and fitted and joined up together? And whenever you move something, it, it's, it's like they're trying to get back under the cover of something. If you put the cover back on it, you don't see any of them trying to escape. And that's the way we are in the body of Christ in mess. We want to stay covered up in our emotionalism, covered up in our feelings, and covered up in just nothing. 
we're satisfied in mess. And when the world, when the word of God sets the atmosphere and, and really gives us reason to pray, that's when God starts pulling back covers. And we start thinking the whole world is falling apart. No, God is just revealing that what you were depending on didn't have any weight to it at all. You couldn't even lean on it because it would have failed. I want something that I can live. And I want something that brings victory into my life. Something that sustains me. Something that takes authority over everything, every emotion the enemy is trying to entertain in my life. If the enemy is trying to entertain you with depression, you need a word of authority that delivers you. And brings joy in the kind of authority that won't fail. And anybody hear what I'm saying? See, you got to learn how to trust something. That something has to be the word of God. That's what you need. You need a word. The word of God says that if we seek him with all of our heart, that we'll find him. That's what he said. How much of your heart have you given to seeking after God? In any situation in your life, how much of your heart have you given to God? See, you think you've given God your heart just because you decided to come to church. Notice when you look at what this centurion said, the first thing he said was, Lord, I am not worthy. In other words, why are you trying to qualify for something that you'll never have to, that you'll never qualify for and you don't even have to? You can't qualify for the love that God gives you. You don't have to qualify. God just said grace. He said grace. And everywhere you were not qualified, then now suddenly you got the degree. Suddenly you meet all the qualifications because he said unconditionally, I'm just going to love you because of who I am. Some folk only love you because of who you are. But God says, I love you because of who I am. And there's nothing you can do about it. You don't have to qualify. You can't earn this. And I know that I'm not worthy. But thank God for grace that I'm standing here with a word in my heart. And I'm not ashamed to just say Jesus. Because every time I say Jesus, I understand that it sets off another move. Another authority is taking place all around me. And demons begin to tremble. God is moving according to the word that he's speaking into you. And the word I hear is not an audible word at first. It's a word that begins to well up down on the inside of me. And then I give voice to what heaven is speaking in the earth realm. Can anybody hear what I'm saying? I know you read this and you may not have gotten this out of it, but I promise you this is exactly what God is talking about. God is moving according to his word. Don't think that God hasn't done anything when he starts just talking to you. Just when God just talks to you. Anybody in here ever been in love? I'm talking about with somebody earthly. You've been in love. What you laughing for? They don't have to touch you. They can just talk to you. Good God Almighty, D. Took you back, didn't it? All they got to do is just talk to you. All I got to do is just walk by and smell a certain smell. I know who it is. 
She ain't talk to me. She ain't run her hands. Well, she ain't patted me on the shoulder or nothing. <laughs> they can't run their hand through her hair no more. But we still got it, don't we, bro? It's well with our soul if it ain't well with our hair. When somebody loves you, just when they talk to you, stuff start moving. Am I right? They used to, old people say to them, they crying and ain't nobody mess with them. They running and ain't nobody chasing them. Boy, why are you holding that phone to your head and crying good? <laughs> Teresa's on the other end, Lord. <laughs> I mean, okay, you, you, you're doing that. Let me take you to something even more real. I remember sitting at home looking at TV and one by the name of Michael Jackson. Good. All this stuff he's doing. Girls would just look at him and like, they'd be slain in the spirit. Well, they'd be slain. I don't know. Jackson ain't even touch him. He ain't done nothing. He just walked out there and started doing his thing. And they just fall out. You see what I'm saying? When you, when, when, when the atmosphere is set, you don't have to call their name. You don't know, have to know them. And they are affected by your presence. And you see, that's why some folk come to church and can't understand. Even when they're listening on Zoom, they say, who is that back there? Amen, pastor. Someone, so, they don't understand that. Because they don't understand. Look, when God has tuned your ear to a voice that he's called to speak over into your life, they don't have to call your name, but you know they're talking to you. You don't understand it, but there's something in the atmosphere that causes them when they get in the building around other believers that they just lift their hands and give God glory. They just shout hallelujah, and the music ain't even exciting sounding. They ain't playing no shouting music, and they up just jumping. Why? Because something on the inside is causing some God is look at somebody and say, God is moving. That, that's all I can explain. That's, that's the only way I can get you to understand it. God is moving. God is moving. See, th th if we seek him, we've got to learn how to give up more of our heart and yield to him. The centurion teaches us that to have faith in God's word and not just in outward manifestations. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? He wants us to have faith in God's word and not just outward manifestations. Only thanking God for outcomes and not promises. Only thanking God for outcomes and not his word. See, whenever you get understanding and revelation knowledge, that's whenever you've received the blessing of that word. Because it's not going to happen here until it happens there. Do y'all understand what I'm saying? You've got to get it in your spirit. The centurion, he, he understands that. See, Jesus didn't start with peels and grapes and fish bait. He just gave them a word. Because we've been so conditioned by culture, we don't give ear to what God has said. 
and what God has established and set in order. We question even the truth and the authority of the word of God. And, 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 and because of this, we can't even recognize a move of God. We don't know whether it's God or we don't know whether it's some other spirit. We don't know what COVID is doing, where it came from and what's going on because we have not heard God and believe what God has said. There's nothing in nobody else that can affect the entire world at the same time but God. God will do things that the whole world has to bow down and say, ask God. God is not going to slip in a corner in California and say, hey, I'm back. I'm here. No, no, no. Every, every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess. The clouds are going to roll back like a scroll. You're going to know that Jesus is coming back. Everywhere in the world, not just the United States, but everywhere. Everywhere. He's not going to do that in the corner. So don't try to call me and say, hey, Jesus is in California. Have you heard? Turn to channel 12, Pastor. They said Jesus. I, no, they're not going to be able. They're not going to have to, 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 to broadcast it. The news might miss it. They might think it's a meteor or, or, or something that's some debris from a spaceship, but I'll know what it is. And they'll know. That's what the word says. Have you ever seen the clouds roll back as a scroll? How are you going to look at that and say, oh, man, that's a bad storm coming now. What in the world is going on? Now? No, we, we know what it means because the word has already prepared us to receive it. Can everybody hear what I'm saying now? See, the reason why we feel so dumbfounded about prayer, why we feel so empty and naked and alone in life and we're just sitting ducks and thinking everything's coming at us to get us is because we have not given ourselves to the mind of the word of God. That's why we don't know. That's why. And I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm not comfortable not knowing. I'm not talking, some people, some people have to know and be in control. I'm satisfied with knowing this and let him be in control. See, that's, that's where the body of Christ has to be right now. Knowing that the word of God creates and sets in motion a move of God like you've never seen before in your life. See, believing something before we see it is contrary to human nature. Really doesn't make sense at all to the carnal mind. We've been conditioned by culture to see things first and then believe it. Culture says, I'll believe it when I see it. Am I right? Because we've been lied to. Anybody ever been lied to? By somebody? Okay. That go to church? Okay. That said they loved you? I just want to know and make sure that I'm not the only one. We, because we've been lied to, hurt, and betrayed over and over by people. Our minds have been conditioned not to trust and often we've put God in the same category that we put people in. We've been conditioned by natural things, by people that lie all the time. People that got us when we had let our guard down to trust them. Now we say, you got me once. Shame on you. You get me again. Shame on me. So what we do, we throw it up. Say, what are we saying? We're saying, I'm not going to trust 
you. I'm not trusting no. I don't care how they shout. I don't care what they say. They can send me all the Valentine candy in the grocery store. I don't care. I'm not going to love or trust nobody. Men ain't no good. All of them liars. They, are, they lie all the time. They do stuff. All the men. And you ain't even seen all men. Huh? All your men, because you've been finding all your men with their pants hanging down. No job living in your house. Don't comb their hair, but always got a pick in it. Am I at your house yet? <laughs> got a million dollars worth of video games. And don't respect nothing or nobody. And they have a nerve to want to procreate with you. Godly woman. And then they, re they procreate and reproduce little Johnny at five. Got a pick in his head. Pants hanging down. Pick on one side, hat turned to the other. And here he come, just like you. You know, I mean, this is, this is what we do. Because we will not hold a man or a partner in life to word standards. He that findeth a wife. What happened? God Almighty. Somebody just shout, it's good. All of it is good. And men ought to love their wives. As Christ have loved the church and gave his life for it. You need to know that you got something that'll lay down his life for you. What life? His video games, if you have to, to come spend some time with you. Huh? Keep about to stay at the liquor store five minutes and go with me somewhere. If I can catch you without that thing in your hand, maybe I can talk some sense into you. See, but let me tell you something, ladies and men, because wrong can happen both with women and men. But I promise you this, if you mess around and hook up with somebody that's going to love you through it and pray, you don't stand a chance, Junior. That pick coming out, pants coming up. You don't stand a chance because they have already received the word. Matter of fact, you ain't going to get a real one because they're going to pray for they let you get in there. <laughs> if you about to get into something and you ain't praying, you better step back. Pray first. Did you hear what I said? Pray first. And God will move over it. And don't be like called to say, well, I, I'm, I believe it when I see it. No, you just get up off your knees because you're you just hurting yourself. Don't put God in the same category that you put people in. God, you, you can't find one place in your life when God lied to you. You can't find one place in your life when God wasn't there when you needed him the most. You can't find one scripture that says, with God, it can't be done. You can't find one scripture that says, don't tell God all about your problems. He might think bad of you. I'm telling you, if God is not mad at me, there's no way he could be mad at you. Some people disqualify themselves because they think that they've lived a life so bad that they can't even pray. They can't even come in the church. They come in the church and just slide back at the very edge of the door because they're scared. Listen, the God that we serve 
He just like he loves you. He loves the worst version of you like he does what you think is the best version of you. He loves the one that lied to you just like he loves you. You can't make God mad at who you're mad at because he's not that kind of God. God is moving. And whenever you see them change, let that be a witness to you of the authority of that God has over every life. Amen. Now we have to admit there's some folk we wanted God to just, okay, you know, just whatever you got to do, God. You know, just the other day, my wife and I were talking, and, and it just began to amaze me at what God did, has done in the earth. He sent two angels to a city, just two, and destroyed it. Just two angels. He sent one angel to a prison and chains fell off. Doors flew open and people were set free and didn't even know it. One angel. One. If God has done this with just angels, listen, all of this came because we were talking about how our bodies just work. You ever been to the doctor and the doctor says, now, you know, we, we're not going to give you any medicine or anything like this because this particular thing right here, it has to just run its course. Yeah. You know what he means by that? He says, now your body, you're going to have to trust in your body for what God has done to just, your body is going to do it. Do, do, you not, do you understand what I'm saying? Your body right now is making very expensive hormones. There you go. Itself. God made, God made it to do that, and it's doing it. Powerful stuff. So if he's doing that with that, just think about if he sends a legion of angels, which Jesus said he could. He didn't have to. He it wouldn't take but one. Could wipe out everything, just one. That's power. Russia don't have a bomb that can shoot like that. Because look at, from, from all the time they've been shooting and stuff still standing and people still living, God can send one angel to Ukraine, just one, and not another bomb would affect anything. How can you explain that? That angel would bring the message of God to Vladimir and say, listen, they're going to shoot bombs, but not a one will hit anything. And he don't have to stand there and make sure because the authority of his word will hang the defense that whatever they did, somehow or another, science would not even be able to explain it, but it wouldn't be able to hit it. Y'all hear what I'm saying? That's in the message, the word, the voice of God when it's carried out from heaven by the messengers of God, the angels, to come into the world, to the earth, and to, and to decree or declare this message from heaven. He always brings that message to a man. He doesn't just come on his own and just stand out and do it on his own. He brings this to a man as though he was a servant, not only of God, but to the man. And tells him what thus saith the Lord. And if he can find a man that will agree with him. 
that will receive the message of God and not try to explain it away, not try to put any signs to it. No, God said this is what's going to happen. And I don't care where you are and what's going on. That's what's going to happen. Do y'all understand what I'm saying? To me, it blows my mind that God can sustain lives. Listen, in storms, a house setting no more than 10 feet from another house, totally destroyed, left toothpicks, and the house right beside it, untouched. Car didn't even move. How does that happen? The same way you could be sitting in here on these pews and where there is one who will receive the message of God, God will take disease and sickness out of their lives completely while somebody sitting beside you will stay sick. If you're sitting there, you know that the, the word of prayer and know how to intercede for everybody on your pew. God knows how to cleanse that pew of disease and sickness. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? That is the precision and the preciseness of our God when we would believe what he says. God can do it. We've got kids that will make up their mind what they're going to believe and what they're not going to believe and what they're going to think about God and all this and that. Let me just tell you, they messed up when they got praying parents. Parents that won't stop praying. Parents that won't stop believing. Parents that won't stop loving them. Parents that won't just give them over to the devil. Parents that'll fight for them, speak for them, feed them anyway, clothe them, and love them regardless of how they act. Parents, that's what our father does for us. He says, my love for you is unconditional. And the way I love you is what I want you to love what I've given you. You have been given authority over these kids. And the way they act is because of you. What have you been feeding them, mess? Why are they so unhealthy? Because I fed them, mess. What have you been speaking to them, failure? Why are they such a failure? Because you told them that. You cannot have a thought without a word. You cannot have a thought without a word. The minute you start hearing words is the minute you start getting thoughts. Do you understand what I'm telling you? God is moving. God is moving. What are you believing God for? Are you waiting till you see evidence before you begin to believe God? Are you waiting for the situation to turn around before you believe God? God is moving right now. But see, you're waiting for the situation to change. And God is, is, is speaking to that thing. We also, my wife and I, we were talking and I said, well, when you look at a ship, big as it is, do you know the thing that turns and guides that thing is not even anywhere half the size of that vessel? It's a little rudder back there causing the whole thing to turn. James says our tongue is like that. In the spirit, you can turn things around with that little thing in your mouth but because there's some authority in it. I'm not talking about just empty words that you speak. I'm talking about when you speak words that's got some authority behind them. Whose word do they belong to? Who said this? If I ran up somewhere and I began to say out of my own self words that should cause things to stop, they'll be like, well, who in the world is this? But if I run up in there and say, in the natural now, this is not God. Joe Biden told me 
to tell y'all this. They're going to listen. Because I've been given authority from the president. Now Joe got to listen. Whenever God sends the prophet in the White House with a word from the real place of power. You better listen. Because now God is going to do something that he can't do. With his word and his authority. Do y'all understand? See, your words have to have, they, they only have the authority of, of what's, who's backing them, who's behind them. They're just empty words. Your words have to have power. And the only way they're going to have power is they got to be, they, the originator of those words are in them. If you're in the hall at school and got no business in the hall, all you got to have is a little pass in your hand from your teacher. They know that gives you authority now to be out here. And that's how we did it in school anyway. Right now, they may have to have uh, some kind of light or something. I don't know what they got to have now. But if, you can't, if you're caught out there and you don't have the authority to be out there, you're in trouble. Amen? So what I'm saying to you is it's much like when, when, when Jesus was in Capernaum. You remember, we're talking about you believing it before you see it. When he was in Capernaum in that crowded house, Four men tore a hole in the roof. They lowered a paralyzed man down in that house where Jesus was preaching. You remember that? And see, so you recall the way people responded when Jesus saw faith and then just first said to the man that his sins were forgiven? Let me just promise everybody in here, when Jesus said that, that man's sins were forgiven. You didn't see lightning flash, nothing didn't shake, didn't nobody jump, didn't nobody fall out, didn't nobody shout, sing, speak in tongues, none of that. But his sins were forgiven. And because of their unbelief in the authority that the word he spoke over his sin concerning sin, he said, which is easy for you to believe according to the authority of my words? Which, is it easy for you to see this thing manifest or to just believe that this thing is manifest as soon as I say it? Jesus told that man, he said, look, he simply told the man, take up your bed and walk then. And the only reason he did that is for them to understand that he has authority in his word to do whatever. Now, when they saw the authority of his word, empower a man they knew was paralyzed and couldn't move. Listen, no, wait a minute. We, we ain't never seen it like this. See, but this centurion who was not a Jew believed it like this because he heard it like that. Do y'all understand what I'm saying? God wants to do something more than just get you emotional when you come to church. There's power in the word of God. There's, he has power over it all. Have you even reached, have we even reached our kids and our young people with these truths that there's power in the word of God? Do, 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 do any of our young people associate themselves as being believers? Your child say, I'm a believer. I'm a, I'm a born again follower of, of Christ and I'm not ashamed of it. Do your kids believe that? Have, have we taught our kids what that means? Have we taught them that the word of God is truth and power, that God loves them, gave his son to die for them, that they could be saved and free from the penalty of their sin? Have we taught them that? Is that important to them? Or would they rather have the next best pair of jeans? Or would they rather have, you know, a cell phone rather than to know that truth? They are hungry for what, they, what the world has given them a sight and eyesight to desire. What the world speaks to them is what they chase after. That's, right. That's, right. That's why we have to have anointed people, people who desire to, to lay before God to work with the minds of our young people. 
because the world is always massaging their minds with mess. And if we are not careful, I'm going to tell you something. There's a serious war going on right now. The enemy wants our young people. He wants them. He's grabbing at them and everything while you are sitting there or standing there doing nothing. Won't even pray. Won't speak into their lives. Won't require them to do anything that's spiritual. What's it going to hurt for you to teach them to pray? What's it going to hurt for them to read you a scripture or to memorize some scripture? What's it, I mean, really, what's it going to hurt if they miss one ball game, just one, and do something godly or for God, with God? What's it going to hurt? The world got us thinking that they're going to miss every opportunity they have in life if we, if we give them to do something godly. Culture has taught us to raise our kids with worldly ambitions. And not even matter whether they're born again or not. Does it matter to any adult whether you have kids or not that, that children are born again? That God can use children? Now, I'm not talking about getting them into this religiosity, this mindset that they got to do. See, a lot, of, a lot of them are like that because they, they look at us and the way we act in church. They say, you know what, that, that's, that's just not me. I'm, you ain't going to find me, you know, get to dance and all this jerking. That, no, I'm going to save that for downtown. I'm going to do the jerk down there. See, the thing is, is that whether you may not do that, but you can lift your hands. You know, you, you, you're in the kind of church that nobody wants to embarrass you, but I promise you one thing. And I've seen some of y'all at some of these ball games. You, you let Brother Jones' son take out and run a touchdown. You thought Jones couldn't stand up, didn't you? That joker's up just, just about running down the sideline as fast as the kid is running. I've seen old referees outrun these kids. Running right down the sideline because we're chasing them out. Go, boy, go. We're pushing them on, edging them on. What if we could get behind them like that in spiritual things? What if we could get behind them and say, go, girl, go get your breakthrough. Go get your deliverance. Go, girl. You do it, boy. I see you. I heard you, Lord. You, you, God, you gave him that word. He's standing up there proclaiming and standing in the face of every teacher that's lying, telling him there is no God, that we evolved from some monkeys or, or something happened and all. And no, he stands flat-footed and begins in Genesis and proclaim creation. Do y'all understand? When they try to shut up Jesus, he say, Jesus. I, I mean, really, who wouldn't be behind them for that? Only people who are not really sure of it themselves. Does that even matter to you? Does it even matter to us as the body of Christ that our kids believe in God? Or the kids that are influenced by the ministry believe in God? And that God matters to them? Not just so they can wear name brand shoes. Because it might be God's way of teaching them, listen, you may not have name brand shoes, but you got name brand parents. I call them by their name. They care about you. They love you. They've done the best they could for you to make sure you have a sound mind. Johnny may dress better than you, but I tell you one thing, Johnny don't know how to pray like you do. And the only reason Johnny didn't get hurt is because you were in the car praying. Do you understand? 
We've got to change this. We don't want our kids to want to be like the world. But we want them to be more like Jesus and not be ashamed of it. Not be mad at a God they don't know. Does anybody, is anybody in here mad at somebody they don't know? Many of you are. Because you sit on one side of the church and you look at other people on the other side of the church and you tell somebody sitting beside you who they think they are. Coming in here like that. Like they all of that. Who they think they are. I know they ain't got nothing and always shouting, thank you, Jesus. Thank him for what? If I drove that mess they drove up on, I wouldn't even come to church. See? See? You don't like them, and you don't even know them. Why they acting funny? Why they acting like that? See? You don't know what they've been dealing with, what they've been going through. You don't know. Some people have been dealing with stuff that's heavier than what your little religious church and your little gossiping mindset can handle. Listen, I'm, I want to encourage somebody as I feel the spirit of God beginning to raise up. But, and I'm going to get this out today. Y'all y'all going to be, y'all, it's coming out of me today. So go on and go to sleep, do what you got to do. I'm going to get through and I'll go on to the house. There are some things that are too heavy for the people you've been laying it on. Right. That's, right. That's why it seems like you're getting farther and farther down in it is because you've been trusting people that's not connected to anything. Amen. You've been trusting people that have been praying for you. You've been trusting people that's only expecting from you what they want you to have and how they want you to live and what they want you to get and not have and so forth. But the devil is a liar. Your, your vision is too big. Your dream is too big. The calling on your life is too much for them. They don't understand it because God is doing something in your life that they'll never be able to receive and expect from you. God has lived, called you to live through some stuff that they, they lost some people in what you've been living through. Stop putting your trust in people and trust the word of God. God is trying to create in you a clean heart. He's trying to transform and renew your thinking. You got to understand that if you always think on that same level, you're always going to meet the same kind of people. And thank God, just rejoice right now, woman or boy, whoever you are, that God has erased a certain person out of your life because you were too much. You Look, look they, they couldn't handle you what you required. Thank you, God, for pruning me. Thank you, God, for cutting me. Thank you, God, that I have that. Look, look. Thank you, God, that I was a servant to somebody that loved me enough to go to Jesus and pray for me. Not only for just what I could do for them, but they needed something. Come on, somebody. They needed. They needed something. This this man was not always hooked up and, and concerned about what that servant could do for him, but he wanted to do just as much for the servant. See, there's some folk that lead people in church. They take offices and they just want people to do what they want them to do. And they don't care about you. But I'm concerned in a little place, in a, in a, in a small building, no high ceilings, no flashy lights, out here what they call the middle of nowhere. But in, in, in when you struggle your way out here, you come for a word because there ain't nothing else that's appealing to you. 
when you come out here, it's like, it's like sleeping with your head on a rock. But when you come out here, you come for a word. Come on, somebody. When you come out here, you find out that we're speaking to rocks and we're, we're, we're moving mountains. When you come out here, you find out that God is still God. God is God everywhere that anybody would believe him. We receive God. We believe God. We know the gospel with the word of God is true. And we know that God is moving. Oh, and we don't think it's strange that stuff is going on the way it's going on. It's because God is moving. He's uncovering some stuff. I'm aware that God is guiding us. I'm aware that God is teaching us. I'm aware of all of it. And I know that no matter where I am, there is a process. There's a work being performed in me. There's a work being completed in my life. Why? Because God spoke to me. God knows and he sees everything that's going on in your life. Right there, I knew I was talking to somebody. Sometimes when I'm sitting and studying, God will just give me words and I'll just type what it is that God has given me. And that's why you see me look at this because I want to make sure I deliver what he gave me. You understand what I'm saying? Because I'm telling you, I can sense it right now, even there's somebody in here that was, that was, it was designed for you to be here to hear this. Listen, God knows, tell them beside you, God knows. God knows. And he sees. Everything that's going on in your life right now. See, now you may not understand it, but you just encourage somebody. See, I'm talking about folk that's going through some real stuff that you can't explain. God sees and God knows everything that's going on in your life right now. He knows what's hurting you. Tell him he knows what's hurting you. Tell him he knows what's in your way. And tell him he knows what's headed your way. As soon as I can get you from all of that mess, I got something better coming for you. Tell them something better is coming. Tell them something better is coming. God is moving. Something better is coming. Oh, good God Almighty. I just, I get excited when God says, tell them I know what's headed their way. I know what's headed your way. I know, I know it hurt you when you lost that, but I know what's coming. Don't get hung up on what's left behind. No, that something better is coming. I know what's headed your way. And I rejoice because I know God is involved in it all. God is guiding you. He's teaching you according to his perfect will for your life. When this man, the centurion, came to Jesus, he brought his request and gave it to Jesus. And what he did, he totally leaned and depend on Jesus to do the work. He trusted Jesus' word. He trusted him according to his word. He trusted Jesus' word. That his servant was healed and he didn't even have to first see him. He didn't have to frisk him or check him. He didn't have to say, now stand up. And cover up the ears, say yes. He didn't do any of that. He just knew that even if he had the same symptoms, he was healed. He just knew that if he still liked it like a fool, God had already went to work. And somewhere in the process, I see the end result. You're coming out, you got a rebellious mind now, but you're coming out on the other side and you're going to kneel, you're going to lay down before God, you're going to trust God, you're going to give your life to him because he's going to show you that he's real. Do y'all understand what I'm saying? When God speaks and we don't trust him or believe what he said, we wait on our feelings to confirm it. How many of us are really guilty of that? I've prayed and I've trusted God and I thought I trusted God, but what I was doing, I was waiting on my feelings to confirm that it was God. 
I was waiting on something in the natural to, to, to prove to me that it was God. Something to confirm that, that what he said is true by my natural senses. See, that's the purpose and result of fasting and praying. Because God will show you that your natural sense is not going to confirm his truths. See, that's, that's not having faith at all, people of God. You don't have five senses in one of them being faith. Faith is a spiritual thing. And your five senses are most of the time not going to confirm that it is God. Now, that's why you got to fast and pray. You understand what's going on now when you're fasting and praying? You're feeding the spirit while you're starving the flesh. You're awakening yourself, the inner man. That's why you read your Bible. That's why we call it the living bread, the daily bread. Because look, you, you, if you don't read it and you don't get understanding, then you don't know it. You're not familiar with it. God can be sitting right beside you and you wouldn't know it. There's some folks sitting in here right beside you right now. They are multimillionaires. See? 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 They don't believe it. They can't receive it. Huh? Uh -huh. I see you feeling in them pockets. It ain't in your pocket. It's in the word that's been spoken over you. Can somebody just give God a hallelujah right there? See, before the bank get it, you got to get it in your heart. Before the bank gets it, you got to get it in your heart. Look at somebody and say, you can have what you say. Huh? Bear with me just for a few more minutes. I'm going, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be done now. Bear with me. Because what I'm trying to tell you is that don't get so, don't get so, so, so caught up in, in your natural state now that you think you can see all of your life the way God does. See, God sees your whole life. He hasn't forgotten the beginning. He, doesn't, he knows where you are right now. And he sees where you're going to end up. He knows it all. Why not trust him? You got to trust him. He sees it all. He can say stuff to you now that he sees in your future that would cause you to laugh. You don't believe it, do you, Sarah? Now, God ain't even been praying for that. It's over now. It's, it's over now. You know, Luther Vandross says it's over. I ain't even praying for it. But God said, I made you a promise and I didn't forget. But now, God, I don't even have a place for it in my life. I made you a promise and I didn't forget. If you wait on me, I'll renew your strength. I'll cause you to run and not get weary. You, you say you're too old. No, I, got, I, got, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. You, you understand? See, there are things that your flesh wants you to pray for. And then there are things your spirit says, okay, I'm going to intercede because you ain't going to never ask God for that. So I'm going to pray the perfect will of God over your life. Hmm? Is that not scripture? Because there's certain things that what we do whenever we don't fast and pray and when we don't yield to the spirit of God, then we won't pray for the mind of God. We'll pray because the flesh says this is what I ought to pray for. I'm praying for a headache because I can feel pain in my head. I'm praying for healing in my body because my back is hurting or something on me is hurting. But you don't understand your spirit is so weak that when God speaks, you won't receive what you ask for. That's why you got to fast and pray so you'll be able to receive it when God says it. 
that even if it's still hurting because God said it, 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 this right here, it might as well be a thing of the past. Go on and put me back on the field because God doesn't fix my heart. Because he said it. Matter of fact, I'm so blessed now, I'll just run without my helmet on. Because he said it. Brother Dennis said, man, you crazy. <laughs> Let me tell you something. If God say you covered, I don't care how bad the offensive line look, you covered. All you got to do is run. They won't be able to get you. Even if they're riding and you walking, they won't catch you. Y'all hear what I'm saying? That's what our God can do whenever you receive his word and take his way. It's always a way through, or always a way out. God has no dead ends when it comes to you receiving and believing his word. You have not met the best of your life yet. You've not met the best of your life yet. This centurion had a whole new level of faith. He understood that words have power. We, we should desire, every one of us, to have the kind of encounters in the presence of God that mark our lives forever. The kind of encounters with God when we come together in corporate worship that we're leave saying, Jesus, I'll never forget. And what I'm telling you, God is setting all of us up for some places in our lives to where he will leave markers to where you'll say, I'll never forget. I'll never forget. Is there any place in your life that you could say, I'll never forget? You know, one of the greatest days of your life at the very moment, you forgot it because you're not equipped to even know it. That's the day you were born. Right. Now, you know your birthday, but you don't know who shouted because you came in. You don't know what was going on. You don't even know the doctor's name that delivered you, most of us. But it's a day you'll never forget. But see, I'm talking about folk where God has done some stuff. They can stand up and tell you it was about 3 o'clock. When did, when, no, it was 3.05 when God did thus and so. It was about 2.30 one Sunday when pastor preached <laughs> that God did this or that. And you will never, ever forget it. God is setting you up for an unforgettable moment. I know some of y'all remember y'all first kiss. You remember that joker. I was at school, and he came around the car. See, you know, because you say, I never forget. But when God opens your eyes up to the real Boaz that he has for you, huh? you'll be like, God, I don't even remember. That's one of those unforgettable moments. And see, that's what we have to experience when we come in here in corporate worship. You got to leave out the distractions. You can't think about, well, I wonder how long pastor's going to preach today. You can't think about any of that. Just forget it all and get in his presence. Make your request known unto God and be open to receive what he says back to you. Because that's the end of most of our prayer lives is again, we can't, we can give God all of it. But when God starts talking back, we're too hung up in it to know that God is about to bless us. We can't receive it. We can't receive it. Because at that very moment, we didn't feel anything or see anything happen. We trusted our natural senses. Look at somebody and say, fast and pray. Fast and pray. 
See, because you don't even know that you're spiritually alive. All you know is that you're hungry, your stomach growling, your back hurt, and that you see crazy people. All of that. You know all of that. Huh? All of those are natural things. But if you fast and pray, those things will begin to fail and fade because when you pray, your flesh dies. I'm not talking about your skin and bones. I'm talking about the human nature, that sin nature. It begins to weaken, lose its grip on you and not control what you see. But now you're more hooked to what he says. And whenever you get that place in your life, God can speak blessings on you and you'll become like the earth. If you put good seed, in good soil, there is nothing that can stop it from coming forth. It's coming forth. Something greater is about to come out of you. It's going to come forth. It's going to explode out of your life because you've received what God has said. And God is moving right now. Encourage somebody real quick and say, God is moving. Your greatest enemy is really not the devil. Your greatest enemy is that sinful nature you carry and don't want to do nothing about. Amen. If you pray consistently, if you pray faithfully, you set something in motion in your life that's unexplainable. Unexplainable things begin to take root in your life. But see, here's what we do in our satanic cycles that we're stuck in, all of the demonic influences that we're in. Here's what we do. We go to God like we go to the doctor. When we go to the doctor, the doctor is going to naturally and physically examine us but everything they can see with their with their eyes and with their machines and everything they can hear they're going to examine us and when they do that they're going to determine what the problem is and they're going to give you a prescription they're going to tell you to do thus and so you know go go and let them give you this oil apply this two times a day take this pill and you know do all of this stuff and so what we do when we come to God, we come with the same mindset that God has to give us a prescription. That God has to give us, and sometimes he will give you something to do. But when you do that natural thing, it is not necessarily a way that you should just make a pattern out of. You can't go march around the, this building right here and cause it to fall. Don't go, if you went out of wine at your wedding, if y'all drinking the wine and stuff, don't go get no water and stuff. Them folk gonna laugh at you. And don't go grabbing Bishop's robe while you in church with something going on. Because God never intended for us to become religious or set up those patterns and cycles. But what he was showing us is that acts of faith. He was showing us that if you believe me, whatever I tell you, and listen, please don't make no mud spit, spit mud or whatever you want to call it, and go thinking you're going to wipe it on me. It's going to be a fight in here in the sanctuary. It's going down. Y'all think this old man can't throw hands? You'd be surprised. Y'all think these two men, what you doing with that spit? See, but that's, but listen, that's where the body of Christ is. We want somebody to give us religion. We want somebody, okay, now here's what you got to do in order to get this. Sleep with the Bible under your pillow. Walk with your Bible for three times a week. Put it next to your neighbor. Put it on the back of your neck. Put it on your head and do all of this stuff. We want to do all of that. And we'd rather do all of that than believe God according to his word. 
because we're not looking for faith. That people that cannot receive faith, they're looking for a prescription, a religious way. Wear dresses because now you're born again, girl, and you got to go and get you a hat because born again women wear hats. All of this religious mess that we put and weigh people down with that's doing nothing for their soul. Teach them how to pray. Interpret the word of God. Show them what God is doing according to his word. And stop trying to put them in systems that you've designed. God is moving in your life according to the word that he's speaking to you. Touch yourself and say, God is moving in my life according to the word that he's speaking to me. Amen. It's the word of God that's driving out ungodly mindsets every day. He's driving out ungodly mindsets. And when you look at this thing, he, he's telling us so much in this text that we need to understand that God doesn't have to take you through all of these systems and all of this stuff when you don't need it. But if you need it, he knows the way to bring you to a believing, saving faith. Everything that you're going through, it was purposed and designed for you to go through in order to bring forth what God put in you. Everything that's been planted in you, God has given increase to it. Can, you, can anybody receive that? Every word that God has spoken over your life, every gift that God has given you in your life, he's given increase to it. He's bringing forth the increase of every gift, every calling, every word that he's ever spoken and you received it. Somebody say, I have received the word from God. I believe the word of God. Therefore, something, my gift, the calling, my assignment he's increasing it he's bringing increase to it he's moving in my life according to his word amen can you stand on your feet now and give god praise god is moving in my life according to his word did you really get that he's never going to do something in your life that goes contrary to his word He's moving in your life according to his word that he's speaking to you right now in this season. Amen. 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 As we prepare to go to God in prayer, I'm just going to ask a small little favor. I want all of our young people to please come up here. I want you to represent your school in prayer. Could you please come? Represent your school in prayer. Stand in the gap for your school this morning. Because listen, I know y'all look at the news. I know y'all have heard these things. Y'all have seen so much going on in schools. Can you even imagine that there would be a six-year-old kid who would somehow in his thinking go to shoot his teacher? It's unimaginable. But what it reveals to me is that the enemy doesn't care how old you are, he's reaching for you. He doesn't matter how much, how useless you think your life is, or you are, he's reaching for you. You know why? Because to him, you're valuable enough to do his mess. He is. You are. And, and, and what I want you to understand is that I, I want you, and, and we want you to do these things, but unless we believers, teachers, prayer warriors, unless we believe to speak over their lives the word of God and to teach them in the way that the school has taught them the meaning and the understanding of what two plus two is, 
Every one of them up here know what two plus two is. You know why? It's because the schools made sure that they knew that before they promoted them to the next grade. They know the alphabet. Now they know how to take the alphabet and use them to make words and write sentences with every one of them. But what we've got to do, believers, people of God, people who are speaking into the lives of these kids, is we've got to know to make sure that they're not ashamed of Jesus, that they know who he is, and nobody can convince them that he is not real. Amen? Young people, as we pray, as we pray, and I know some of you all feel like, I ain't never really thought about Jesus like that. I, I don't know. Listen, it is our charge not to act crazy in front of you and get all excited, fall out, and do all the stuff we do, but to make sure after all of that's done is that you know who Jesus is so that you can make a clear choice. Just like here's a clear choice. If you're sitting at an intersection and a truck is coming on this side of you, when is it safe for you to go? Is it safe for you just to pull right out in front of that truck? But and only, the only reason you would do it is if you didn't see it coming. It's our job to make sure that you know life is coming hard at you. And let me just tell you this, particularly you for some reason, when life starts coming hard at you, it's because God has something else for you. You understand what I'm saying? The anointing and the calling on your life, you already know. The enemy tries his best to stop everything that God has set in motion for you. He's going to do everything he can to make sure you do not reach the level that God has called you. And listen, don't ever settle. Don't ever settle. For every lie, don't ever settle. Don't ever settle. In my heart, I hear all of my help comes from the Lord. When nothing and no one else could help you, he was right there protecting you. Imagine what it would have been like had he not been there. Some of y'all don't understand. We've got young people up here that's been going through stuff a whole lot more and sooner than you ever have in your life. But I thank God for the victory here. And I thank God that they were bold enough to come up and intercede in prayer for their school. And as we pray, you know your teachers and you know your school. I want you to pray for them. I want you to pray and ask God for protection and safety and for mental clarity. And that they would speak truths into your life. See, I'm praying that it, because when we think that the enemy has been so successful at pulling prayer out of school, he's defeated. You think he's pulled prayer out of school? You pray, don't you, Drake? And you'll pray at school if you have to, won't you? Walking right down the hall. In Jesus' name, Lord, I thank you for protecting me. I'm going to math class. Lord, I didn't do my homework. Didn't have, I'm, I'm just. <laughs> Lord, show me some grace because my mama and my grandpa going to beat me. You know what I'm saying? When you, go in, when you walk in those halls in school and listen to this, let's teach our kids better than this. Let's live. Let's teach our kids that you don't pray like this. Well, if anybody is up there, Man upstairs, it's me. That, that's not faith. That is a sign that you don't know who he is. And if you want to know him, here's what you've got to do, young people. And I know it sounds crazy to you, but if you want to know him, here's what you have to do. If there is an anointing, and I know there is, in this ministry, I dare you to get hungry to know more about Jesus. Because the minute you get hungry, what he does is he puts a greater demand yes. on those who carry the anointing 
to speak into your lives. Because the prophet was at a brook where there was no food. God burdened a bird to bring him food. Meat in a drought. Do y'all understand what I'm saying? If you get hungry like a little bird, God will put such a demand on this ministry to speak truths into your life because the blood is now on our hands when you get hungry and we don't feed you. You understand? And I promise you, I don't want your blood on my hand. If you don't know a thing, we've got a, a, a barcode hanging up around here somewhere. It's in the fellowship hall, and we, we should bring it through here somewhere sometimes. And sometimes I believe that it's on the Zoom uh, broadcast right there on the screen. If you scan that barcode, it will take you to an area to where you can ask any question you want to anonymously. No one will ever know that it's you. I will not respond anonymously. I will let you know that it's me responding to the question that you ask. You can do it and nobody will ever see it but me. Okay? Do it. Ask questions. Use that tool. And I know God is raising up greater ministry for our young people. You know why I know that? It's because I see the enemy moving towards you. He wants you. But he can't have you. Because there's some folk praying in here for you. That love you. And listen. If you mess up, don't think that we're going to judge you or, or condemn you or put, cast you aside and you don't have to ever come back to church. No. Don't let any adult in this building hurt you in a way that you feel like, I, ain't, can't, I can't come back. Because you know what? Believe it or not, young people, and look real good at me right now. If you even on Zoom, Kelly, they got to see me. Don't let not one adult Say something to you to hurt you, and you don't tell me. That's right. And you just stop coming to church. Yeah. If they say something to hurt you, you tell me. I don't care if he's big as Dennis. I'll break him down. <laughs> I got my road dog back there. Ride or die. We, we going to get you. <laughs> huh? You with me? We roll together. We look like this, but you know we can get thugged out too. You know, we know, we know what's up. We know what's up. What's your name? What's your name? Tedrick. 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 If somebody say something to you while you in here and hurt your feelings, I don't care who it is. Tell me here. We'll get them. Come back and tell me. You understand what I'm talking about until we get them. Now, I ain't trying to get like the world. We're going on our knees. And the next time you see them, their whole spirit towards you will be changed because that's the power of God. Amen. So let's go. Pray for your school. Father, we honor you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for this great move of God. We thank you, O oh God, for we're expecting what you have spoken into us and what we were able to believe and receive. We thank you for the greater that's coming. We thank you for giving increase, O oh God, to the work of ministry. I thank you, O oh God, for a custom design program that will lead our kids unto you, Lord. Father God, that you would give them direction out of our mouths, Lord, understanding, wisdom, and revelation knowledge. I pray even now that you would fill them with your spirit, O oh God. And Father God, bring forth in a mighty way, Lord, the gifts that you've established in them, Lord. I pray creativity, O oh God, a mindset of success. Lord, big dreams. Father, I thank you for breaking chains, Lord. I thank 
you for delivering them from family barriers, family barriers, words that been spoken over their lives. I thank you for blessing and delivering them from negative examples, Lord, false and fake leadership. I thank you for keeping them and covering them as they are growing and developing in you, God. I thank you that the word of God is coming forth into their lives. You're giving increase to their gifts, their callings, their assignments. You're setting them apart. We won't drink that, smoke that, do that because we, our body is the temple of God. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus for raising up voices, Lord, that will be a servant from you, Father God, to them. Thank you, Father. Oh, Lord, we will not use you to make ourselves famous or to make ourselves popular, Lord, but that they may live, God, because we surrender to your word. Thank you for increase. Thank you for healing sickness and disease. Thank you in the name of Jesus, Satan, we bind you. We bind that sickness. We bind every tumor. We bind every affliction, every contaminated blood sample. In the name of Jesus, we speak healing and deliverance. With his stripes, you've been healed. We give God thanks for it in advance. Even if the machine sees it, we believe that God has delivered and made you free. It will have no authority over your life. In the name of Jesus, you are of a sound mind. You can see, you can speak, you can move. Father, and I thank you right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, for giving us ministry that will draw them, Father God, into your saving grace, Father, that they'll come running. I yield. What must I do to be saved? And we'll show them and teach them the way from a heart that's been convicted by your word. Father, we don't want to make them religious followers of us, but we want them to be your servants, your vessels, the temple of God, an example. Father, we bless, we ask you, Father, to bless this community. Father, we thank you for deliverance, breaking curses, words that have been spoken and spewed out of ungodly mouths. Lord, I thank you that your word has taken authority over every lie of the enemy. We thank you that there's a word, Father God, that combats every lie and every deceptive spirit, every mind of confusion right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. We love you, Lord. We praise you. We magnify you. We honor you. We thank you for the plan that you have for these lives, these young people. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus for these young people. Thank you for the plan you have for their lives. In the name of Jesus, thank you for that calmness. Thank you for the creativity. Thank you for new outlook. Increase in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for the success. Thank you for the wisdom and understanding in school. Thank you, Father, that he's standing up and standing out not the same not the same thank you oh god for breakthrough thank you father in jesus name thank you in jesus name oh god for healing and deliverance i can even when they say i can't i am when they say i'm not in jesus name i thank you father i praise you father for a freshness for a renewing i thank you that i do belong i'm not alone I'm connected to something and somebody that loves me. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. They care for me. 
Father, I thank you for assigning them to my life, even now in Jesus' name. I thank you for new season. I thank you for guidance and wisdom and breakthrough. I thank you in the name of Jesus that my life is not lost. Awaken in Jesus' name. Awaken in the name of Jesus. I thank you for restoration. Bring them home, Father. Bring them home. Restore the home in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We believe it, God. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, let the church say amen. Come on, lift your hands and thank God, amen, for these young people. Thank God for these young people. Come on, come on and give.